I was just wondering, while we're here, do we pray with you? Do you want us to sit on the side? I'm not Muslim. And so when we're here, to be respectful and to not be excluded, like what's appropriate? Um, so yeah, if you're an interfaith uh, ally or supporter, you're welcome to join in any way that you want. So um, we have chairs. Um, you're also welcome to join with us and pray uh, completely up to you. Anyone else? They always, when I turn my back, it's like, <laughs> where are they? There. <laughs> oh, I have, a test, I have a quick question for Tasneem. Um, it's that one famous verse about like, God does not help us. Um, I forgot the name of the verse. Oh, God doesn't put anything on us that we couldn't bear. I'm trying to remember what's the, um, what the verse number is. I don't know if you would know. Because I'm trying really hard to remember. In my notes, but that actually, I think 90% of the verses that I read are all from Surah Baqarah. And it's like the 152 to 157 are the lines. So it's And they're all next to each other, so it's very convenient. Okay, yeah. One after the other. 186. I have it in my notes. I can double check. Whichever way, Surah Baqarah for sure. My notes are there. No, it's right oh, there. over there. Yeah, on the speaker. Who is the second person while we're yeah. waiting for the? Is it you? Hi, I'm Emily. Um, I'm an interfaith ally, and I'm just wondering um, what the second prayer was that was done in the front row. Oh, do you want to? If someone. Okay. Um, so we offer the second optional prayer as um, an option for people who have a difference of opinion on the matter of women-led. Uh, sermons and khutbahs. Um, so that's our way of being more inclusive of all different types of opinions. You know, some people are still, this is a very new institution, we're only two years old, so um, some people are still kind of figuring out where they stand on it. So for those people, we just have the option. Yeah. So if it wasn't a Friday, that is how everyone would be praying. But the two that we initially do is special for Friday. Yay. Good to have you all. Thank you. Okay. So I'm like, um, I just have a quick comment. Thank you both for sharing with us today. And um, I was in and out, but <laughs> I wanted to reflect on um, Tuscany, what you said about uh, mindfulness and um I'm glad that you said what you said, because one of my favorite things to do um, living in Southern California is to witness the green and the blue of the sky and the green of the trees and how they um, contact each other and the spaces. And, and it's always in those moments that I reflect in the beauty and, and just being really thankful um, for God and, uh, and our presence in this world and on this earth. So thank you for that. Did anyone want to share their specific ways of how they remember the beauty of God? Armohadhana. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, she reminded me a little essay that I wrote one time. I was in, um, some years back, I was in the museum up here on, um, where's the exposition? And I was looking at this dinosaur bone. <laughs> Pardon me if I get mushy, people, because this is so, you know, whatever. And um, 
I've been looking at dinosaur bones since I was in kindergarten, going to the museums. And I just started crying like a baby, looking at the dinosaur bone. And shortly after there, that I traveled to Kansas to visit a friend of mine that I had met on Hodge. And I was sharing that experience with her, and she was like, you big old baby standing there crying over a dinosaur bone. She kind of made fun of me, so I'm kind of like, oh, whatever. But when I reflected on it, I wondered why I was crying over that dinosaur bone. And then I re realized it was like a sign of Allah. Like, you know, here's this bone that's been here. It represented an animal that had lived that Allah created millions of years ago. And this bone is here to show me that, you know, this animal once lived, Allah created it. And it's like his sign to show that I am here, have always been here, I'm gonna be here forever, you know. And my creation, I, you know, I leave signs for you so you can believe in me. So that was a thought that you brought up when you gave your goodbye today. Thank you. Yeah, we, people don't really value crying anymore, or tears anymore, and you know that's something that the Prophet, peace be upon him, used to do quite often. And in his time, it was a very, even more than it is now, a very patriarchal. Um, society and people would actually criticize him and say, "Why are you crying? You know, are you a man?" Um, and the prophet actually, peace be upon him, said that the tears are a sign of mercy from God. So. I know that I often feel um, I'm a very emotional person, <laughs> and I've also received a lot of criticism over the years since I was young for being so incredibly emotional. And I used to be really ashamed because I just feel so much all the time. And um, one of my favorite mentors told me, Tuscany, allow yourself to feel. We should not feel shame in this world for feeling anything. Anger, sadness, excitement, these are all beautiful. And when we turn those things off, that's what makes us human. And for like the patriarchal men of the world who are like, ooh, women feel more. Dude, that's awesome. That's a gift. That's a real gift. And like, I love that I can love so much and that I can cry so much because it's, like I feel bad for people who don't feel because I, I can't imagine being anything different. And um, I guess I'm just, really hoping that you all allow yourself to feel and give yourself the space to feel. Thanks, Tuscany, for saying that. I always get made fun of for being too excited. <laughs> People call me weird, so I tone it down. <laughs> uh, Tuscany, I have a question for you. I really liked how you shared about your daily practice of remembering Allah, and um, I'd love to learn a little bit more about when you like to do that. Is there a special time of day, and what do you like to do, and how you've seen that help you over time? Well, thank you. I, um, I usually try to do it after I pray Salah or our five daily prayers, um, but sometimes it just hits me in the middle of the day, and I just let it happen. <laughs> I, within the last year, I've started really, like, allow myself to feel when I feel. 
So sometimes I'll be in the car, sometimes I'll just be like at home petting my cats and I'll just be like, oh, I love God so much. Like, sounds so lame, right? But <laughs> it just, it happens. And so I allow myself to feel that appreciation because I think the Quran asks, a, asks that of us. He doesn't say, you know, put it off for a better time. He's like, appreciate me. <laughs> so... Do it when it comes to you. Um, I was thinking about um, what helps me to remember God, and this is the um, former Christian me talking, but Christmas songs um, a lot, actually. Um, I work at a place where they play Christmas music all throughout December, um, including religious songs, which I find interesting for um, a... Uh, frozen yogurt place but <laughs> but um <laughs> I don't think they do that on purpose I think that's just how their playlist is um but the religious Christmas songs are always my favorite even though um you know I don't celebrate Christmas anymore um and I don't believe in the Christian concept of Jesus but what really gets me is listening to the lyrics and thinking how you know subhanAllah Allah, you know, sent Jesus to this world for our benefit to teach us how um, how to live in the way that Allah wants us to. And he sent all these other prophets to do the same thing and sent righteous people to do this. And it's just a huge gift. And Allah gave it to us, to humans. Um, that's so great. And this happened, you know, several thousand years ago. Um, and it keeps happening. And just to think that Allah loves us enough to, to do things like that, to send us humans and just to send us signs from him. Um, so, you know, even though it might be a little unorthodox to love this religious Christmas music, you know, I don't take, you know, perhaps it's not, um, you know, how Christians would see it, but from a Muslim perspective, I really appreciate it. I have uh, some family members that insist on holding on to a lot of anger at events that have occurred in their lives, and it has spilled over in a very sad way to other family members. And, uh, you know, many of us have tried everything we can, to, and they're very resistant to getting rid of that baggage, so to speak. And I'm wondering what your suggestions might be. Well, for me personally, um, my family also has a similar scenario. And I've noticed, at least in my family, it's because they didn't allow themselves to feel that for a long time. Of course, when you are um, stricken by a lot of heartache and pain, it comes out anyway. You can't really hide it. And so it creates just this residual mess for a long time. I tried to, um, with certain family members, just tell them, like, do you, do you need to talk about it? Like, have you been to therapy? Like, do you want to talk about it with me as your family member? Like, how do you want to go about this? If all of these have already been done and there's, there's still nothing you can do, what I do is just pray about it because I, I, if it's outside of my control, there's nothing I can do. And that's not the greatest answer because <laughs> we always want something we can physically do and, and fix things because we love our families. Um, 
but sometimes it's just also encouraging them to feel and maybe allowing them to just have that anger. Sometimes I accidentally shame family members when they're feeling that anger, because we don't really want to be around angry people. Um, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I just feel like there's so much anger coming from you, and they shut that down, rather than finishing letting it out, and then it comes back out again later, and it's just this cycle, so um, try to be there for them. You sound like you're already doing great, though. So <laughs> just continue to pray, perhaps, and to just be there with an open heart and mind. I hope the best for you. I'll just add that, um, and this is, again, science, right? This is the way God has created it. Whatever you resist persists. So from what you're saying about just allowing yourself to feel the feelings, I think the first thing is to just um, let go of that resistance or that pressure to make them feel anything um, or for them to understand anything. And just once I, I know for me, when I'm at peace with something, it's easier for me to just be present with the other person. And then they see and they feel that, that um, presence and that peace. And something about it is very magical that pulls them into it and I think opens up possibilities. I wasn't going to speak. Oh, well, because I always talk. <laughs> so I don't like them, everybody. Thank you all for um, Tuscany. We, we, we welcome you, and we, we're grateful that you came all the way from Indiana. Like, I know this is not cold for you right now. This is like, you guys feel like it's summer. My husband's originally from Ohio, and he gets so frustrated with us because we were like, it's cold right now, right? So first, this is cold because it's going to be about 40-something degrees tonight. But I just wanted to say, you know, thank you for both of for your bayon and your kuppah. They were very, you know, in line and in tune and very relevant for what's going on in our country right now. Um, I don't, I don't want to bring up our you know, president-elect that's coming up. I think if we stay in this mindset of mindfulness, then I think we can get through anything. Um, and I was struck by hearing both of you speak um, in such an articulate manner and, and you know, quoting the Quran, uh, which is a refuse, you know, of course, for myself and many people in this room. But I, also I read different texts. I read you know, the Torah and I re read the Bible. And I'm like you too. I was, I was, was not... Um, born Christian, I was born and raised Muslim, but, you know, I have family members that are Christian, and I get, you know, like the gospel songs, I'm like, hey, especially when they say Lord, because to me, it's all worship at the end of the day, so I think that's why you do have that stirring and that feeling of movement, and I, I think that when we we look at that and we look at, you know, our Christian brethren and our Jewish brethren and whomever, even if they're agnostic, if somebody can just see the beauty that's happening in the world, that's why I cannot move from California because I go to the ocean and I dump my stuff in the ocean pretty much twice a week. I just have to do that. But lastly, I wanted to say Dave Chappelle, of all people, everybody kind of knows the other side of Dave Chappelle, but Dave Chappelle converted to Islam or reverted to Islam in, I think it was 1998 or something like that. And his brother, um, uh, Abdullah Chappelle, speaks of how their family came into Islam. It's about 24 people that converted or reverted in their family. And a lot of people don't know that. But Dave Chappelle, in his funniness, said, when he was at the height of his career, said to his brother, you don't have anything. 
He said, but you go and you go to the mosque all the time and you pray all the time and you have such a sense of peace about you. I want that peace. I'm a multimillionaire and I don't have that peace. So now he has that peace and then he gets offered from Netflix, what, $60 million or something like that? <laughs> so, you know, it just goes to show you, gain that peace and your, pe your life will have peace as well. So thank you both. Find your peace and the money will come. <laughs> now, I actually, um, when I listen to any music, I find that all the lyrics are speaking about God. Even if that person thinks they're singing about a person, they're really longing for God. So you can find that beauty in any song. All right. The baby or you? <laughs> <laughs> um, hi, everyone. My name's uh, Jasmine, and um, I come from the Calabasas, Woodland Hills area. Um, I'm not good with public speaking, so I might get a little nervous, but... Um, um, I'm very thankful for being here today. Um, I converted into Islam 10 years ago. And um, through that conversion, I, I had a lot of backlash from my family. Um, so, you know, my, my faith became very weak. So just now, you know, I have, I have two beautiful children and um, just now I'm, I'm looking, you know, into like exploring Islam all over again, you know. Um, I needed my reason and I think that's, my kids are my beauty. And, um, you know, I see God when I see them. Um, and it's, it's funny how, um, what's your name? Kenyatta. Kenyatta um, mentioned, you know, Dave Chappelle. And now he says that, you know, he had everything, but he didn't have peace. And in my situation, that's my situation right now. I, you know, I have everything. I have an amazing family, two amazing kids. I live this amazing life, but, you know, for the past five years, I haven't been able to, to find peace. Um, and I go to bed every single night, and I say, God, you know, if, if I could just get up and pray, and if I could just, you know, wear the hijab like I used to, and, you know, just be thankful like I used to. Um, I see a few people <laughs> tearing up. Don't do that. <laughs> um, I'll start tearing up too. Um, if I could do that, if I could just wake up and be that Muslim woman that I want to be um, all over again, I, I would give anything. Um, but I wasn't for a really long time. So I'm just very grateful, you know, to, to have people like you that start groups like this because it's an opportunity for women to come together and I've tried going to other masjids, and, but, you know, it just hasn't worked out for me. So just being here, I feel, I feel you know, positive, and I'm thankful, and I'm grateful for you guys. Um, and just thank you. Thank you for making it easy. <laughs> We're glad to have you here. I don't know. I don't think there is anything other than patiently persevere. And I think, um, I know for me it's true that I, I, I see myself at a certain level being a certain way. And I think I'm getting there, and but so many moments I'm like, I did so much. Why am I back at square one? Like it feels like I've not moved forward at all. And in those moments, I really do my best to remind myself of how much I have 
how far I have come and to really recognize those baby steps and acknowledge them as growth, them as God's blessing and evidence of God's support and guidance. Because, you know, sometimes um, the cherry on top, so to speak, becomes the the point of of like, yeah, I did it. See, now I'm a good Muslim or now I've X, Y, and Z. And it's not, it's the journey that makes us, and that's why I think patiently persevere isn't about the destination, it's about the journey and how we approach it. So thank you for being on the journey with such intentionality, with such strength, with such patience, and may Allah continue to bless you and all of us with that courage and that patience. I think um, really quickly here, because I've also been through this, it's best if we don't think about who we used to be, because we always romanticize the past. It's best to just be like, what can I do right now? Even if it's something little. Um, I personally suffer from severe depression, so there's some times where um, I do, I miss my salah for like two days straight, which, you know, in some groups they'd be like, shame on you, you know, you're not praying. Um, <laughs> But what I started doing was like, okay, what can I do? I can make dua. Even though I'm laying in bed, I hurt so much, I can pray. And maybe that's the best I can do. And I can pray that God is knowing that that's the best I can do. And then after that, I'm like, okay, I'm feeling better. Can I do my salah now? And then I keep building on that. And I think that that's how we can start attaining spiritual success is um, allowing ourselves Again, that space to, to feel and to work from that space. Because you are you in this time right now. You're you as you. And um, I, be I believe in every single one of you to, to really do great things. So don't get yourself down. I think sometimes, uh, or all the time, women tend to be very hard on ourselves. Um, and we really punish and torture ourselves for no reason when God not only doesn't ask that of us, but doesn't want us to do that to us. Um, and I think it's really important to remember the, the mercy of God in that every single chapter in the Quran, except for one, 113 chapters start with Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, in the name of God, the most merciful, the most compassionate. Um, and there is a hadith um, that says that God's mercy is divided up into a hundred parts, and one of those hundred parts has been dispersed for the whole world. So all the mercy that you see, you know, a mother holding the child, um, you know, compassion that we have for, for one another, we are sharing one one-hundredth of God's mercy. So just always keep that in mind, that you're not holding yourself to your standards, you're holding yourself to God's standards of you. Assalamu <clears throat> I just want to say, first of all, I've been really grateful to be part of this group. I learned about this space very recently, and so I decided to come and participate and observe also. So it really feels very empowering. And um, I grew up in Pakistan, and uh, I've been to many, many, many places in the world in different mosques. And it always felt not the right space, but this feels really great. So I just want to say it's been really wonderful to be here. 
And it would be great. I'm um, right now today coming from San Bernardino County, Rancho Cucamanga, so which is really far. Uh, it took me three hours to come today. Well, but I used public transportation, so you can <laughs> you can blame the public transportation system. Uh, um, but also, it would be really great to have more local spaces like this in other locations. I mean, of course, I'm a little bit familiar with the space in New York that was created, um, but I wanted to ask people who are organizing this location, um, is there any idea to start another location? What? So, just that's the question. So, I joke that the, the women's mosque is my daughter, and people are already asking me to have grandchildren. <laughs> it's just a two-year-old baby right now. <laughs> but uh, inshallah, the, I mean, the reason I, the reason I did name it the Women's Mosque of America is because the grand plan is to, inshallah, open up chapters all across the U.S. So um, in due time, my friends, <laughs> it'll happen. <laughs> I said, whenever I turn my back. Awesome. <laughs> um, um, thank you so much to Irum, who invited me to come. I'm very, very moved. It's a very beautiful service, and uh, I feel very much at home. But I need to share with you um, the anxiety in my heart and the terror and, um, of our political situation that I turned on the radio yesterday in the car and heard about 21 million in Yemen, many of whom are um, in a state of famine and the others very close. And all the stories about the Syrian refugees. Um, as someone who's traveled to Afghanistan and interviewed to teach at the university there, they didn't hire any women. Um, but I am very, very drawn to Muslim women, and I'm feeling this intense, I've been feeling this intense desire to go to Greece and work with Syrian refugees because when I saw these young men saying, we want an education, it went right to my heart. And I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know what to do. And I don't know what to do about Trump. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how, as an ally, not in any church or synagogue or anything right now, I can be helpful to you women now and in the next several months in a very positive way. That is a big question right now, right? Is how do we deal with what we are? And so I think um, it's a learning process as we go. But just yesterday, my dad was, because I do a lot of interfaith work, so he posed a question to me. How do you speak to Trump supporters? And, uh, and uh, I think for me, the first thing was to distinguish and be clear on who the Trump supporters are. There are some who are who just hate, who just don't even, who have their own ideas of who is right and who belongs to live. But I would like to believe that that's a small minority, and for the most part, um, it's people who just don't know. 
So for the people who don't know and are just afraid and or questioning, um, you know, who the Muslims are or what the Muslims add to the American fabric, I just want to let them know that we are human and we are people like them and connect with them on that level of commonality. And once I do that, then it's not even so much about educating them unless they so choose to be educated, uh, but just being present. And so as an ally, uh, whatever your experience, genuine experiences of Muslims and the Muslim community, you sharing that is huge. Um, you sp speaking about it, uh, bringing people into the fold, that's huge. I know it's very small and it's not going to change the policies and things like that. And that's the other thing for me that comes up is that it's very easy for me to feel overwhelmed and start feeling guilty of all the things that have to be done and should be done and I won't do and I can't do. To then just take a deep breath, remember, patiently persevere, and say, what is my perseverance? And so my, for me personally, because that's my skill set and my passion, is engaging people in dialogue. So I'm not going to go and create, I might join a rally, but I'm not going to be the one organizing a rally. Um, you know, I'm not gonna be the one um, who does hours of research that will inform policy, but I'm sure one of you will, and one of you are. And so it's just a part of being, doing my part of patiently persevering and just showing up in the world in ways that I know to be true for me. Um, and I don't know what to say about Yemen and Syria. I'm sorry, I, I won't even pretend. <laughs> so that was an awesome response. Um, when I heard you talk about everything that's going on in Syria and Afghanistan and, and all the hurt of the world, um, as I said earlier, um, first, I'm an Indiana native. Um, and second of all, I'm a very emotional person. So I cannot tell you specifically like where to go, but I know, for instance, I've heard of, there's um, like Syrian doctor leagues that you can give money to that help on the ground. Um, I'm not sure if there's any local clubs or groups or anything like that of Syrian people, but the best thing is to try to find um, Syrian people close to you, ask them, like, hey, what do you need? Do you need clothes? Do you need a friend? Like, what do you, what do you need? And be there for them in that way that they want you to be. Um, and also as a white person, like, <laughs> um, because I struggle with this myself, is also not just um, listening to other Syrians and then, like, talking as if I am a Syrian, because, like, sometimes I'll do that because I, I love the people and, like, but I'm actually speaking over them, you know? And sometimes when they're in a, a part where they really hurt, they don't want us to speak over them. Um, and I, I don't know you, I don't know if you're doing that, of course, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying that, but um, just my own experience is um, to be there in the way that they want, not in the way that I think they want. So um, yeah, that, I guess that's my advice. I wish the best to you, awesome. Beautiful. Um, so we have time for maybe just one or two more. Anyone? Watch if I turn my back. <laughs> no? No. All right, there she goes. 
Salam, everybody. I'm Allison. Um, I actually came with Tuscany here today. I'm her friend. I'm from Ohio. So, yeah, your husband from Ohio. <laughs> so, walaikum <laughs> salam. Um, I converted to Islam six months ago, so I'm a very new Muslim. Um, I just wanted to ask how many of you in, in this group are um, allies, Muslim allies? Wow. Oh, my gosh. You guys, you guys are the key. I'm not even kidding. Like you, like I mean, just even what I'm dealing right now with family and the backlash from the conversion. I come from a Christian family. Um, still, I, I appreciated what she said about Christmas music. I totally get that. Um, you guys are what's gonna are, are what's gonna make it better for us in this in this political climate. I'm I'm not even joking. Like may God bless all of you. The, the people just willing to sit and listen and not take everything so seriously that you hear in the media. Like I just I mean we just we. We thank you from the bottom of your heart for doing what you're doing, and I just wanted to know who you all are so I could wave and say hi. 